0: Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. Welcome back to our midweek Bible Study. I apologize that you did not get this last week, but my family and I have been battling the flu for a couple of weeks now. I think I'm in about my 15th day of symptoms as I'm still um, dealing with sinus issues after having the flu and battling that. So today we're going to finish up chapter four as Solomon continues to beg his sons to listen to him. Now Solomon is going to... uh, Continue to beg them to stay away from evil, to choose the way of the righteous, and to listen to his teachings. So read with me as we finish up today. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 27, and we'll talk about this real quick. Actually, we're going to read verses 14 through 19 to begin with. Sorry about that. It says, don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way turn away and keep moving for evil people can't stand or evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day they can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble they eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence the way of righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines even brighter until the full light of day but the way of the wicked is like total darkness they have no idea what they are stumbling over all right so right here we see that Solomon is still trying to get his sons to stay away from the wicked people and to not copy their behaviors. Verse fifteen really reflects the heart of Solomon as he says, "Don't even think about it." Um, it's sad to think that Solomon must have had multiple sons that were prone to evil, as he writes this message, begging them to go another way. Now, in verse sixteen, Solomon is trying to communicate that the need that evil people have in their hearts to do evil—it's like food. Um, You know, they need to live and they can't sleep until they've done it. So it's like once you start feeding and indulging in evil, you have to continue to do that. That's the way that sin works. The more you do it, the more you won't. Sin always grows. But the problem is, is that evil is never just limited to the one thing that's that is doing it. Um, Evil causes others to stumble as well. There's always victims. There will always be someone who will suffer so that the evildoer can prosper. And that's what's really sad about evil. And you got to notice that in verse 17, it even talks about them eating the food of wickedness and then drinking the wine of violence. And I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a meal without something to drink, but it is very difficult. The first few bites are okay, but eventually you get to this point where you just absolutely need something to drink in order to wash down what you are uh, partaking in in that moment. And when you partake in wickedness, you need to understand that it is accompanied by violence. Um, You may not start out being violent, but participating in wickedness always leads to violence. And you may spend a small amount of time in wicked play without partaking of the wine, but eventually... You'll become thirsty enough, and the only drink that goes with wicked behavior is violence. Violence will inevitably come. One of the biggest things that I can remember about living in sin before I was saved was how violent and mean a lot of my friends were, Um, and it wasn't something that I enjoyed. In fact, I did my best to stay away from the violent aspect of being with uh, all the people that I hung around with. However... The violence was always something that was very present among us and to even be able to survive among people like that there has to be a certain willingness of violence inside yourself to be willing and able to fight both with your friends and with other people that might take advantage of you because if you're not willing to resort to violence you'll get taken advantage of very quickly. So if you're not willing to cross that line, then basically you have no place among them. And it was kind of the measure of whether or not you belonged. Uh, And this is uh, something that I always felt like I didn't belong with a lot of my friends because there was a lot of things that I wasn't willing to do. There were a lot of things that I did that I'm ashamed of, but there was also a lot of things that I wasn't willing to do. And, you know, it was just... A matter of surviving amongst them while I had to and I'm very thankful to be saved and not participate in a lot of that stuff anymore but make no mistake about it what Solomon is talking about is absolutely true even from my own experience Um, and I have a limited experience I'm not I wouldn't even say I've delved into that world as much as most people have but um, I do know that what he is saying is very true If you follow the wicked, violence will be a part of your life. And it doesn't matter if you don't want it to or not. You need to understand that if you choose wickedness, you are inadvertently choosing violence at some point in your life. You cannot deny it. You cannot escape it. Even when you look at Genesis 6, it says, "...when the entire world was wicked and the Lord destroyed it with a flood, that God said the whole world was filled with violence." So if we talk about the ways of the wicked and the, the accompaniment of violence, then you also have to talk about what the way of the righteous looks like. And there's no better analogy than light. If you have ever been somewhere without light, you will understand how refreshing it is when the sun first peaks up over the horizon in the morning. When you get that first taste of light, it is magnificent. But the awesome thing is, is that it grows and it continues to grow until the full light of day. You know, I even think about um, just the analogy of my salvation, of coming out of that circle of friends, that group of people that I grew up with, and and I would say even some of my family, because there were a lot of my family that were very willing to fight and stand their ground and participate in, in wicked things. And I remember being saved and kind of relieved that God was pulling me out of all that and that was a very refreshing thing. It was kind of like not being able to see and being in the dark your entire life. And all of a sudden you can see clearly. And it's such a wonderful thing. But then Solomon, um, he changes course and he goes back to talking about wickedness once again after he talks about that light. And being wicked is like, it's like living in total darkness, Um darkness it's a terrible thing but it's even worse when you're unfamiliar with where you are in the dark Um, i don't know if you've ever experienced that Um, i can remember being in a cave when i was younger and they cut out all the lights so you could actually experience total darkness and i remember in those moments feeling so helpless because i was not familiar with where i was i could not see my hand right in front of my face it was so dark and so you stumble And fall over every obstacle that you can't see when you're not familiar with where you are. And living a life of wickedness is like walking through the dark in an unfamiliar place. There are unforeseeable amount of variables that will come and cause you to stumble as you try to live uh, a wicked life. And... You have to remember that wickedness attracts wickedness, and wickedness also attracts violence. And you're going to have to deal with all that if you're going to choose wickedness over the path of righteousness. All right? Well, let's read verses 20 through 27, and we'll finish up this chapter, and we'll talk a little bit more. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Okay, so once again, we are back to Solomon begging his sons to listen and pay attention his desire for his sons to learn from their father's teaching is extremely great and he keeps telling them how his words of wisdom bring life and they bring healing and i can't imagine how frustrating it would be uh it would have been for solomon to look around him and see a bunch of his own sons that wouldn't listen to him and that seems to be the case and uh what would have happened for his sons to refuse to listen to him. I mean, here's Solomon, the wisest man in the world, and yet it seems like he's just begging his sons, and he's trying his best to convince them to listen to his teachings, but it it doesn't seem to be happening. So in verse 23, it talks about guarding your heart, and you have to wonder why Solomon is saying that. Why is it that our heart determines the course of our life? Well, Jesus said it best. He said, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You know, we have to realize that our heart determines what we desire most in this life. And what you set your heart on is what you set your life on. And because of that, Solomon goes into some more advice that if your heart determines the course of your life, then you need to do these things. You need to avoid perverse talk. And why is perverse talk and corrupt speech so important to stay away from? Well, it's because that that what comes out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. That kind of speech is something that is learned. It is it is absorbed, and then it is regurgitated through our mouth. And typically, if you think about this, even foul-mouthed people aren't usually the ones who teach their children how to talk dirty. Typically, <clears throat> the children inadvertently hear their parents talking corruptly, and they might learn a little bit from them, but they learn corrupt speech a lot of times from the friends they hang out with. And then once they participate in that around their parents, one day their parents figure, well, they're old enough now. We'll just give in and we'll all talk filthy together and, and say, you know, terrible words and terrible language and tell perverse jokes and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people learn how to talk. And you can learn how to talk differently if you want to. You can learn to change your accent. You can learn to change your vocabulary. You can learn to change um, your grammar. It's according to what you desire. And so what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. And Solomon knows that. And Solomon is continuing to tell his sons, you know, to look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on godly and holy things. There is a need For followers of God to set our eyes on a mark and pursue it, we have to have a goal. That's because if we don't, the world has plenty of things that can distract us. And we as people get distracted so easily. If we don't set our eyes on things that are beneficial, we will always get our vision caught on things that can harm and destroy us or set us back or just hold us captive for a moment. This is why Solomon talks about in verse 27 not to get sidetracked and to keep our feet from following evil because we are people and we are prone to wonder. And no one starts out a journey saying that I'm going to be evil or I'm going to run a crime organization or I'm going to go kill someone today or I'm going to rape someone or I'm going to rob a bank today. No one wakes up in the morning and says I'm going to be a drunkard or I'm going to be a drug addict. What happens is is that people dip their toe in the water first and they say, oh, it's not too bad. And those are things that people generally work their way up to. You know, we're born with the capacity to sin and most of us, well, all of us do sin. But we are not born evil. Evil and wickedness is something that we grow into apart from Christ. And so as we grow, we have a choice to grow with Christ or grow away from Christ. We can pursue God with all that we are. We can pursue the things of the world. But whatever choice we make, we have to realize that we're growing into that. So we're, we're growing into evil or we're growing into righteousness. And so while we're all sinners, I would dare to say that we're not all necessarily evil. Because I know that as a child that I sinned. But I don't feel like I was evil as a child. Like I look at my own son, Perry, and Naomi, and they are old enough now where they know right from wrong. They hide when they do stuff. They have already sinned. They know right from wrong. But they are not evil. And so evil is something that we grow into as we continue to choose sin over righteousness and i think that is what solomon is trying to talk to his sons about and say hey listen to me keep your eyes fixed on god set your eyes on the target pursue righteousness don't get sidetracked don't get led astray don't let evil steer you away from the lord because we are people and if we're not careful we are very easily led astray solomon knows that And this is what he's trying to communicate to his sons. And thankfully you and I get to read these passages and we get to benefit from these teachings as well. And so we have to make the choice as to whether or not we're going to pursue God and pursue righteousness or we're going to allow ourselves to pursue the world and pursue evil and we will inevitably grow into that. And the more we partake, uh, the more we will want to partake and the more we will partake, Until eventually we become evil. We become the very things that we do. So let's pray together. I'll let you go. Father in heaven, thank you so much for another beautiful day. Thank you for giving us life and the opportunity to read your word. Jesus, I ask that you would speak into our hearts, that you would use these words of wisdom to penetrate the very depths of our soul. Help us to give ourselves to you, to seek your face, to set our eyes on you, so that we will pursue you And grow in righteousness and not pursue wickedness and not grow in evil and not consume violence as we continue on living apart from you. God, help us to choose you each and every single day of our lives. We love you. We thank you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in for another week. Thank you for being a part of our Graham Chapel family and a part of the kingdom of God. Tune in this weekend for our video services on Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast. And if you can, make it on campus to our services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We love you. We're praying for you. We hope you have a great week.